The Glue, the podcast about business development, marketing and communications in professional services. So welcome to The Glue. I'm James Stringer, a former BD director and now trainer, consultant and coach on business development, bids and offsites. This podcast is called The Glue because the BD marketing and communications teams in professional services are the glue that holds the whole thing together. In this episode, we'll be discussing alumni programs. Are these just feel-good and self-serving exercises to make professional services management teams feel that they're staying in touch with people who they no longer employ? Or are they actually a two-way street where those who take part get benefits as well? We'll be considering questions including, what's the purpose of an alumni program? Is there any evidence that they've created a return on investment for the firm? Can any firm start an alumni program, or are there factors that make them more successful for some firms than others? And if you want to start a program, where should you start? And what's the future of alumni programs? To help me discuss these topics, I'm joined by Wendy Goodrich and Richard Morrow. Wendy has 16 years of experience building alumni communities. She's established and led successful alumni programs at several prestigious institutions, including at Grant Thornton, and is now the global head of alumni relations at international law firm Mayer Brown. Welcome to The Glue, Wendy. Thank you, James. It's nice to be here. Richard was a former managing director in Citibank's Corporate and Investment Bank and alumni director responsible for successfully building its EMEA alumni program at the personal request of the CEO post-2012. He's also a graduate of Cambridge University, onto whose alumni advisory board he was also appointed in October 2023. Welcome to The Glue, Richard. Thanks for having me. So let's make a start. Richard, what's the purpose of an alumni program, do you think? Well, I know this may vary firm to firm, and I'm possibly not 100% representative of firm of professional services as a banker, but I'm sure City's overriding objectives, that is a sponsor, will be recruitment, business development and advocacy. From the standpoint of talent, I'd simply say what better way to show employers you really care than by staying in touch after they leave, to make them feel as supported as when you invested so heavily in them from the outset. Give them that ability to connect and to return through your alumni network. Rehires or boomerangs save you on fees and time to productivity. You already know your star performers versus those who left with cause, and so the recruitment process should be almost foolproof. They already have their networks, which means they onboard and they reintegrate rather quicker. Our experience is that they tend to perform better and stay longer on the second time round than outsiders. Next, we look to alumni as potential users of bank services, such as in our case, credit cards, mortgages. Finally, Alumni can help as brand ambassadors. They're normally pulling and rooting for you. And Wendy, what are the typical elements of a successful program, do you think? Most alumni networks, they all have alumni database, um, an event program, website, regular communications, potentially mentoring or career development assistance and so on. But actually, to be truly successful, you need to put your alumni at the heart of the program. You need to make sure that you're creating value for them. Um, Alumni relations, it's not just about keeping in touch. It's about building that community and creating opportunities for your alumni to reconnect with each other and the firm. So it's all about creating meaningful connections with your alumni. 
I've seen a number of alumni programs over over the last uh, 16 years. And the ones which are really successful have um, a number of common themes running through them. So firstly, and I can't reiterate this enough, it's really important to have senior level sponsorship and to build strong partnerships with internal stakeholders. So making sure that you're connecting with your firm's practice groups, BD, HR, DEI, CSR, you know, everyone. Because the alumni relationship team shouldn't operate in a silo. You should be taking advantage of, you know, there's usually amazing initiatives happening across the organisation. And if you can tap into these and repurpose them for your alumni, then that creates great value for your alumni, creates that engagement and, uh, and your programme will be successful. Secondly, I think that personalisation and segmentation is important. When I've developed alumni programmes, um, I always try to aspire to create that long-term supportive community and, you know, and make sure that that's throughout the life cycle of the alum's career, because actually your alumni have different needs depending on what career level they are. So, for example, those at the beginning of the career will have very different requirements to those transitioning to to retirement. So I just want to emphasise that a one-size-fits-all approach does not work. I also think that fostering a, a culture of alumni relations throughout the organisation is important. There's only so much a team of one, two, three people can do. But actually, if the whole if the whole organisation is educated on the mutual benefits of your of alumni relations, it can become a much more powerful thing. Um, I like to say it takes a village to create a, a community. And lastly, I would recommend anyone looking to to build a successful program is to make sure that you incorporate a continual feedback loop, um, making sure you're regularly checking up on the health on the health of your community. It's not just about size of members. You need to make sure your alumni are engaging with the program so you can continually improve and perfect. So I think you've both made a persuasive case to argue against a sense that maybe you know, some people have that alumni can be rather self-serving exercises for the firms involved. Are they more than that, Richard? Well, I would say very definitely. If the opposite of self-serving is creating a network that's beneficial to others and the wider community, then I think we really made a difference with our own Night City. That desire to put back is perhaps most particularly strong amongst the semi-retired, those who have more time on their side and are prepared to put in the sweat, the sweat equity. And that came through with us through an abundance of contributions to volunteering, mentoring and training. Um, by way of example, we volunteered alumni to organisations such as UK Career Academy. Indeed, 15 mentors were recruited from our London office to do so and through Junior Achievement Young Enterprise. One other initiative that uh, attracted over 200 alumni, spelt with an AE, in other words, our female support base, and that helped uh, uh, helped us with a senior attrition study involving both a questionnaire and then a CEO reception for those who attended. And that was done to ascertain and resolve why we were losing far too high a proportion of our mid-career female VPs or up. The feel-good factor that comes from trying to improve the experiences of the next generation came across as incredibly positive, and it worked both ways. I think for all these reasons, it certainly wasn't only inward-looking. 
And Wendy, you, you said that uh, feedback is incredibly important. I suppose that that is the way that you avoid it becoming self-serving because you need you'll, you need to monitor what the alums themselves are getting from the programme. Is that right? Absolutely, absolutely. And I think actually it can be useful to be upfront with your alumni on why you're investing in an alumni network. People know that you're not working for a charity. You are doing this to achieve an ROI. So, and honesty builds trust. And so it's important to be clear that you're developing a program of, of mutual benefit. So you mentioned the dreaded ROI. Is there evidence that in the alumni programs you've worked on, Wendy, that actually return on investment can be quantified and captured? A recent study with Enterprise Alumni um, they surveyed a few thousand people and asked how they felt about the for- their former employee. Amongst members of an alumni network, 83% of people would buy from their former employees and 79% would refer business to them, which is great. Uh, but actually, what's really interesting is that in both cases, people in an alumni network were over 40% more likely to engage commercially with their former place of work. And that's certainly what I see at Mayor Brown. We actually um, achieved 95% said they'd refer work to us. Um, and it was equally high for, for the percentage of referrals of talent in a recent survey. I do acknowledge that in professional services and particularly in law firms, relationships are everything. We are in a relationship-based business, so often winning a new client is based on years of building and fostering that relationship. So it can be difficult to say, have we directly won that piece of work purely because that person is part of the alumni network? Or is it to do with the relationship that they have directly with that, that person in the firm? However, the evidence shows that alumni are referring a significant amount of business. And so it stands to reason that you invest in this important group. I think alumni programs also garner substantial savings on recruitment costs. I've certainly seen direct correlations between launching alumni networks and increasing increases in boomerang hires or talent referrals. And Richard touched on the significant benefits that this can bring earlier in the in the podcast. I would say though that although it's really important to measure these big KPIs like business and talent referrals, I think it's actually really important to focus, you know, like I said, on the engagement stats. So, you know, looking at the health of your network, not just focusing on the number of members, but, you know, the number of logins into the portal, time spent per visit, the click-through rates on your e-newsletters, the number of alumni coming to your events. Um, All of these stats show the true health of your network and and whether your programme is successful. And Richard, your view on return on investment and measuring that? Yes. I mean, as a former banker, I always saw the Holy Grail as transactions. But there was also one hard statistic, quantitative, that was particularly evident, and that was on the boomerangs. After scrubbing up the numbers, which I did personally myself, we found that 8.2% of the then 32,000 city bankers in EMEA had indeed left and returned. HQ in New York then calculated that the cost save versus working with external headhunters, was between $50,000 and $75,000 per returner. That's a combination of save on headhunter fees, as mentioned, and time to productivity. Now, those really are um, very substantial amounts to my mind. And of course, that's one of the reasons why alumni networks are quite often housed in talent management and HR. So you've convinced me as to the importance of having an alumni programme Are there factors that make them 
more successful for some firms than others, Richard? Yes, I think I have to be honest and say that not all not all organisations are suited to having programmes. Not all organisations and programmes have their necessary champion or their defined objectives or indeed the appropriate budgets with which to flourish. It's probably easier where organisations have grown organically than through acquisitions and bolt-ons. It's fair to say that one size doesn't fit all and that in some smaller organisations, the cavalry may not actually exist. Having alum- alumni ambassadors in every market and a substantial events, mu- events budget like I did really won't be the norm. But there should always be a hard core, to my mind, of like-minded helpers, and any sponsor should be able to meet most of their alumni needs simply if they first listen and then tailor their programme to the offerings accordingly. And Wendy, you've worked in a variety of sectors with alumni programmes. What do you think? Is an alumni programme a preserve of the biggest firms or the biggest organisations only? I think all firms should be thinking about their relationships with their alumni. I think it's actually really interesting to note that alumni relations started hundreds of years ago in in education, where universities engaged their alumni, set objectives around fundraising. Professional services came next, I think, McKinsey set up in the 50s. But what we're seeing now is an explosion of companies um, seeing the value of alumni relations and beginning to vet, uh, invest, uh, ranging from M&S, Starbucks, Coca-Cola, pharmaceuticals, even even the BBC. So um, I think everyone's beginning to see the value of alumni relations. And, and even if you are a small or young firm with limited um, number of alumni, you can still involve them through a few events and a simple contact list. However, it's the larger firms, I think, that have the economies of scale um, and who will be able to provide a more sophisticated, tailored and uh, strategic approach to their alumni programmes. So let's say that our listeners are fired up having listened to this podcast and they want to start an alumni program Wendy where should they begin do you think I think there's a number of steps I'd recommend for firms to 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 think about when launching an alumni program firstly I think you need to be clear on your objectives make sure you develop a really strong value proposition to make sure that it meets the needs of your alumni and ensure that your alumni strategy is aligned with your corporate strategy as well I think it's vital to have concrete support from your firm's management team This is important for creating that culture of alumni relations that I spoke about earlier and also helps you gain access to the right level of resources and investment, etc. You need to have dedicated resources as well. I've seen it happen at many firms that they try to start an alumni program with no dedicated staff and and ultimately they fail. You need to be careful if you you keep launching an offering to your alumni and you don't follow through, eventually your alumni will lose faith and disengage. I'd also advise those, um, obviously, depending on the size of your of your alumni base. But I would um, invest. I would recommend investing in a platform such as PeoplePath. This will help with the data side, help automate your processes such as your invitations, provide personalised content, job boards, directories, etc., and ultimately um, enable you to deliver a a better and more personalised user experience and and give you the ability to upscale as your network grows. And lastly, and I cannot stress this enough, you should definitely involve your alumni from the beginning. Ask their opinions on what will be of value to them. Get a focus group together, use surveys, tap into the relationships you already have to dig deep and understand what the needs of your alumni are so you can help meet those needs and provide value. And talking about 
adding value. How do alumni program leaders, people who work in uh, business development, marketing, communications, but also alumni relations, uh, how do they add value as you know, often the majority of participants are are the former fee earners, the accountants, the, the the bankers who were connected to the firm. Richard, do you have a view on that? I agree wholly with Wendy that I don't believe programs can flourish without a dedicated full-time orchestrator because they effectively become the connector, the navigator, both inside and outside of your, of your organization. That skill is a constant part of the role. You need to have um, great networking skills, communication skills, uh, project planning skills becomes very, very important because you're usually juggling multiple different projects. And, um, you know, actually the, the potential of what you can achieve through your alumni program is boundless, only limited by your, your own imagination. So I think successful alumni professionals need to be creative and, and innovative. And so what's the future of alumni programs, do you think? As we're obviously living in a changing world, people's connections with uh, their organisations and work are changing. Richard, what do you think? Well, you're talking to the converted. As a self-confessed and, dare I say, seasoned alumni evangelist, my big hope is simply that more of us surf the rising tide. For far too many companies, alumni networks are still one of the most underrealized and underused of hidden assets. From what we could gauge a couple of years ago, only 25% of the FTSE 250 had mature programs. Those were ones that were deemed as having been running or up and running for more than a year. That's just one big, big missed opportunity. Certainly the role of alumni directors is now much better established, but we're still playing catch up with what's been tapped in the States for decades. The world is changing. Artificial intelligence is impacting and it should help with our platforms and databases. We've probably all come um, to place greater reliance on communities, given recent lockdowns and remote working. And those offer a safe, uh, safe space to meet others of shared experience, which I think is supportive. Some of the counter forces, um, those might be the growing war for alumni time, certainly greater job mobility, and probably with that, perhaps some less of loyalty towards employers. And that's very rife with Generation Z and the gig economy. So I think we have to be aware of that. Building on, on Richard's comments, I think that um, I'm, I'm personally very excited to see how AI is going to make a difference. Um, I think that it's going to completely enhance and impact the efficiencies of our, our corporate alumni programs. And I'm hopeful that it will help us to have a deeper understanding of our alumni behaviour, their preferences and be able to deliver that truly personalised experience, which is what I think makes an alumni um, network so so successful, that personalisation aspect. So the last thing I want to do on this episode is to thank my guests, Wendy Goodridge and Richard Morrow. Thank you, Wendy. Thank you. I've really enjoyed this podcast. And thank you, Richard. Thanks for having me. We've got exciting plans for future episodes, so please look out for updates from me on LinkedIn. You can find other episodes of The Glue on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. And please follow me or subscribe so you don't miss any. Goodbye. (laughs) 